Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hey, we're going to jump straight into the Word. It's in Galatians 5, verse 25. And we're going to put it up on the screen. You can flip there in your Bibles um, to make sure that I'm not lying to you. Uh, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and read so we can jump in. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Father, I thank you for uh, this opportunity that we have right now, Lord God, to go before you, to dig inside your word, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that what we hear, what we read, uh, and what you communicate today through me, Lord, I pray that it would pierce our heart and that it w- we would apply it to our life, Lord God, that we would get um, a burning passion, Lord God, to pursue you with our life. And I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us would leave this place, Lord, closer to your heart and with the desire to be closer as we leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Do you ever think about um, what it was like to get around before we had navigation on our phones? You ever think about this? I was thinking about it this week, um, what it was like. And I remember being a kid, like going on a road trip. And um, my dad, like it would cut, and I'm not talking like, like we were from Chicago, so it wasn't like driving a couple hours. It would be like cross country because apparently that was like the time when like, no, you only flew if you're really rich. And so uh, we would be driving across the country, like, you know, Chicago to Colorado, and we'd be coming time to navigate. My dad would reach inside the glove box um, and he would pull out a map and the map would just keep unfolding. Like, I swear it was folded like a thousand times, right? Do you guys know this? And then whoever designed the map was not thinking right because the map was always too big to fit in the car. It was like just huge blocking the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Who had a dad like mine who would be navigating with one of those huge maps? And then it was always something like my dad would be putting a, the map over the steering wheel while he's driving on the highway, Trying to like get, I think that's where my faith was really formed, was in the back of, of the mini, minivan, family minivan, you know, just praying, interceding on behalf of my family. Lord, just get us there, right? My dad used those folding maps, and when I grew up and it was my turn to, to, to drive, uh, I didn't use folding maps because we had in, the internet, and the internet gave us a map quest. Do you guys remember map quest? There is an entire generation in this room and in this church who grew up with iPhones and smartphones that always had navigation at their fingertips, and they don't even know what MapQuest is. They never had the struggle, and it shows, right? I, MapQuest, it, the craziest thing about MapQuest was that you always had, like, way too many pages, Right? And you'd print it off on a printer, and the printer was always out of ink somehow. Like in like the 2000, like 2000 2001, the printers were always out of ink. And, uh, and then you'd get like halfway through your trip, and you'd be like on page seven. And all of a sudden, you'd be like, uh, all of the ink is disappearing. I can't tell if that's his left or right anymore, right? MapQuest was the worst. <laughs> I'm so thankful that we have, have navigation on our phones now. But regardless whether it was MapQuest or with navigation on our phones, my family does the thing where uh, one person will get directions and then we'll all follow them. I don't know why we do it. I think it's because um, there's like number one rule of our vacations is that uh, tension has to be at like 98% on the way to relax. Like something about that, I don't know. Um, It's all like we have to hate each other before we can love each other, something like that. 
I don't know. Uh, but we always do it regardless. And we always end up following uh, my brother-in-law, Chris. And I love my brother-in-law, Chris. Uh, and he's not a bad driver. He's just a different driver. Uh, he thinks different than, uh, and dry, his driving instincts are different than, than me and the rest of the human race. Um, it's, he's the type of person that like when someone's following him uh, and he knows that someone's following him to get to a place and he comes up to like a yellow light, never once crosses his mind like, you know, I should probably stop and wait for the car behind me so that we don't get lost. No, he's plowing through that yellow light and like, so long, sucker. And he like, you know, takes off. Uh, I, I don't know if he says so long, sucker, but that's what it seems like when he's going through the yellow light. He's the type of person that, again, I grew up in Chicago, so we'd be driving somewhere in Chicago, going to a restaurant or something, and uh, he's the only one with, with directions. I don't know why we do this. It's so dumb. We have, I could just look it up on my phone. Why am I following him? I have no idea. Anyway, but he would be like a quarter mile from his exit, unbeknownst to me and, and the rest of the family that's following him, and he's like four lanes away, and then all of a sudden, you get past a quarter of a mile, and all of a sudden, he's jerking across four lanes of, the, of traffic to get his exit, and then I miss it, and I'm stuck on the highway in traffic. The worst. Anyway, he's hard to follow, and he's hard to follow because, like I said, his driving instincts are different than me. He moves in ways that are unfamiliar to me, and in that way, he's a lot like the Holy Spirit. See, it's okay that I just trashed his driving because then I compared him to the Holy Spirit. He's a lot like the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is hard to follow too. He moves in ways that are unfamiliar to our nature. The, the Holy Spirit zigs when our flesh wants to zag, right? He's really hard to follow. And yet scripture tells us that we have to. Scripture tells us that we are to live by the Spirit and not by our flesh. We are to follow His direction. No matter how hard it is or how hard it may seem, we have to follow the Spirit's direction. And Paul tells us here in Galatians 5.25 that not only are we supposed to follow His Spirit, but we're supposed to keep in step with His Spirit. I love the, the imagery that that provokes. Keep in step, matching the Holy Spirit step for step. It makes me think of when uh, you're uh, following the footsteps of someone who's gone in the deep snow before you. You guys know that feeling? It's, it's, it's out there right now. Actually, sometimes I'll park on this side of the building and, uh, and right now there's deep snow right there. And so whoever walked there last, or, or first rather, um, when I go there, I'm like, you know, step, and step, and hopefully it's not like a child, you know, otherwise I'm getting one. But it makes me think of that. It's like matching the Holy Spirit step for step, being where he is, being where he has been, and following him in that way. Another way to, to, to phrase this would be remaining in his spirit. We, uh, everyone in this room uh, who is saved, everyone who has met Jesus, um, we've all had an encounter with God. Honestly, during worship right now, I was having an encounter right there at that piano. Amen. We've all had an encounter with God. Actually, everything that we do at River of Life is about that. It's our goal in everything. It's about creating opportunities for you to have an, and, and us to have an encounter with the presence of, of the living God. Whether it's in worship or the word or your giving or your serving in an outreach, it's all about you experiencing a moment with God where God can grab a hold of your heart. That's, that's all it is. That's all we do is facilitate moments for you to have that encounter. 
And every week, people have encounters with God right here in this place because the Bible tells us, it promises us that when we gather together as one body and we call on his name, that he meets us here every single time. So every time that we gather together, the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the presence of the living God is here in this room waiting to encounter you. And it happens all the time. But just praying that prayer or just having that moment at the altar or in your seat where you experience the love of God, when you experience the presence of God, just having that encounter isn't enough to sustain you for your life. Now, don't get me wrong. When you have that encounter and you give your life to God, you are saved in that moment. But you got a whole lifetime to get to eternity. And Jesus told us that we needed the helper. We needed the Holy Spirit to get us through. So just having an encounter with God isn't enough. Isn't enough. Encountering the, the Spirit of God is a merciful gift. God in his mercy allows us to have these encounters where he grabs hold of our heart, but remaining in his spirit, that is an intentional act of dedication. And it's very hard to do, especially in the world that we live in. It's hard to do, but the reward is immeasurable. Because when we remain in his spirit, we remain in his freedom. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, finish it, there is freedom, right? We sing that song, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, right? We sing that song, you guys are all jumping, we declare it, we're excited about it, it gets us pumped up, yes, we're like Mel Gibson and Braveheart, freedom, right? Yeah, it's awesome, I love that song, love that verse, it gets us going, and we've read it so many times that I think it's actually telling us more than what we're, what, uh, what we're reading into. Where the spirit of the Lord is freedom. But I think what it's also saying is that outside of the presence of the Lord, there is not freedom. Freedom can only be found inside his presence. And I think most of us in this room have probably experienced this. Did you ever have that moment where you came to the altar and you just gave it to God? You were like, I am so tired of this sin that I'm dealing with. I'm so tired of this worry or this anxiety. I'm just lifting it up before you. Maybe you stayed in your seat and you said, you know what, God, I'm giving it to you. And, you, and like Hannah was saying, ugly cried, right? Just boogers down your nose. You're, you're just giving it to God. Don't care what anyone, what, what anyone sees. And you just feel that freedom, that yoke of slavery just come off of you. Whatever it is, sin, shame, brokenness. You just feel it come off of you in that moment. And in that moment, you feel lighter than you've ever felt. Freedom is in the room when you have that moment with God. And then you get up from the altar. You get up from your seat. You get up and you leave your prayer closet and you step outside and something happens. Something happens that, that, that uh, causes your attention to go off of God and suddenly you're worried again. Suddenly you're, 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 you're being full of anxiety about that thing that's happening in your life or, or, or something happens and you fall back into sin that you had thought, you thought you had freedom from it. What happened? It makes you doubt whether or not you truly experience freedom. But church, what I wanna tell you today is that the freedom that you experience in an encounter with God is real. You just forget to take the freedom with you when you leave. Come on. Oh, come on, that was really good. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just forced you guys to clap for my point. 
All right, I'm going to edit this. I'm going to say it again, and then we're going to get a real chair out, all right? The freedom that you experience in an encounter with God is real. You just forgot to take it with you. For those of you watching the stream later, how authentic was that cheer? <laughs> Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Christ desires for you to have freedom. It's why he went to the cross, so that you can experience freedom. But Paul says, stand firm in it. We have to stand firm in his freedom. And his freedom is found in the presence of God. We have to stand firm in the presence of God. And if we do that, then we will never again pick back up the yoke of slavery. But what happens far too much is we come in, we lay it before God, we have this great moment of worship, but then worship ends and the pre-roll starts to slide on here and you've got to go to lunch. And before you leave, you pick that yoke back up and you put it on your shoulders and once again, you're walking in the slavery that you were once delivered from. God wants more for, more for you than that, church. The way that we stay in that freedom is that we keep in step with the Spirit, like Paul says in Galatians 5.25. So how do we do that? Well, I have four ways that we're going to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, and they're four quick ways. The first one is that we have to let the Spirit set the pace for our life. I was reading um, in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it, talks, and it, and it contrasts them with the acts of the flesh. Fruit of the Spirit versus the acts of the flesh. And as I read those, I can't help but see a connection between the two. See, the Spirit says love, the flesh, is full of sexual immorality. The Spirit says, uh, um, what's going on here? The Spirit says be gentle, but the flesh is full of acts of rage. The Spirit says self-control, the flesh says drunkenness and gluttony. The Spirit says peace, but the flesh says discord. When we are living a life that is led by the Spirit, the Spirit has to set the pace. And when it becomes an act of flesh is when we move beyond the pace that has been set by the Spirit. When we live by the Spirit, the Spirit acts like a pace car in a NASCAR race. I uh, know nothing about NASCAR, so don't come up to me and ask me who my favorite driver is. I have no idea. I said last night, Does, is Jeff Gordon still doing it? That's like the last thing that I know, right? <laughs> I have no idea about NASCARs. Um, but what I do know, the little I do know, is that before the race starts, there's a pace car, and they take one lap, I think, one lap? They take one lap around the track, and the pace car sets the pace. He drives like 45 miles an hour, and all 40 cars on the track have to drive at that pace. None of them can pass them up. None of them can pass each other up. They're all driving at the same exact pace around the track. And then as soon as that pace, or that, that pace car leaves and, the, and the, that pace lap is over, then they all speed up to 200 miles, uh, miles per hour and, and cars are smashing into each other and they're smashing into walls and rolling over and catching on fire and it's a mess. While they were following the speed of the pace car, none of that happened. You never see, I don't watch NASCAR, so, but someone confirmed this for me. You don't really see in NASCAR like, oh, 20 car pile up. They're all on fire. It was only the pace lap. <laughs> right? Just doesn't happen. Why? Because they're all going at the same pace. The spirit is our pace car. 
The pace that he sets for us is love. He says, don't go beyond love. Our flesh is like, let's go beyond love to sexual immorality. The spirit sets the, the pace at peace. Be at peace with everyone. We're like, peace sounds great. Or I can just be in, I can just fight with everyone. How's that sound, All right? The spirit is setting the pace, but so often we move beyond the pace of, of what the spirit is setting. And then our life turns to a disaster. We go beyond his pace. We speed up to that 200 miles an hour and suddenly we're crashing into other people. We're setting ourselves on fire, metaphorically. <laughs> but our life turns to a disaster when we go beyond the pace. Think about how well, the, the picture that paints for the church. When we're all moving at the pace of the Holy Spirit, 45 miles an hour, nice and smooth, no one's bumping into each other. The moment we're all going our own speed, we're all on fire. It sounds like the church when we're not following, being led by the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Next thing we need to do is we need to switch up our diet. What are you consuming? There's a saying that says, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And if, and if that's the case, uh, then I am like evenly split up between uh, like, Chicago deep dish and Italian beef and, and Vienna beef hot dogs. That's just all I grew up eating. Uh, true story, when I was about, like, from about 16 to 18, um, I played ice hockey my entire life, uh, but that's when I could drive, and I had ice hockey practice on Monday nights, and I would go to practice, and my favorite hot dog place was on my way home, and so I'd go to practice at 10, and then at 11 o'clock, I'd eat like three hot dogs. It was the best thing ever. And I, didn't even, I couldn't even get fat then. It was like, it was, the, it was the greatest. What happened, Lord? <laughs> Eventually caught up to me and I had to switch my diet. See how I just tied it back in there? You are what you eat. Spiritually speaking, I would rephrase it. I'd say, what you consume, you will become. What is your spiritual diet? What are you consuming? Is it things of the flesh? Is it mostly comprised of things of the flesh? Because if all you're doing is feeding your, your spirit things of the flesh, then your life will be ruled by things of the flesh. If all you read is self-help books, guess what? You're going to be led by your flesh. Because there's no self-help book that's going to lead your life better than this Bible will. If all you're doing is listen to podcasts and none of it is, is stirring your spirit up towards heaven then you're going to be led by your flesh. It's not a, not a good thing, and it's going to lead your life down a, a bad path. It's the same thing, honestly, in our, our natural diet, right, in our physical bodies. If all I eat is, is hot dogs and junk food and all that stuff, my, my body's going to just break down. I have to give it nutrients that's going to sustain it, that's going to build it, that's going to, to give it something to feed off of when it needs to work hard, Right? Now, I'm not saying that you can never go out to the movies and go watch a movie that's, you know, uh, that's not like a Christian-based movie. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, 24-7, you are in intercessory prayer, your nose is in the Bible, you have an unending uh, playlist of worship music that is just never stopping, never ceasing. Uh, if you are going to have one, I would go on YouTube slash RLMT. 
and go look at the river worship moments that are on there. It would be a great thing. little plug. All right, sorry. I'm not saying that you have to be in this constant state of, of you know, awe, worship, down on your knees, constantly crying. When we look at Jesus, that's not how he was. Actually, it says that Jesus would retreat to go be with the Father. In that, it proves like he wasn't just in a constant state of, you know, speaking in tongues. and it, That's not what Jesus did. So why would he expect that of us? You can go to the movies and you can enjoy a movie that's not fireproof. That was a Christian movie from a long time ago. You can read a book besides Left Behind. <laughs> These are like Christian jokes. You can, you can have those things, but just like in our net, if all I eat is ice cream, my body's going to break down. If that's the bulk of my diet, then it's going to destroy me. If the bulk of your spiritual diet is things of the flesh, your life's going downhill. You're going to be led by your flesh. It's okay to have your ice cream in moderation. Go to a movie, listen to that podcast, you know, put on Tom Petty, you're okay, okay? But if that's all you're filling your spirit with, it's going to go downhill. Now, I want to give a disclaimer here. You have to use discernment when it comes to those things. Because while ice cream in moderation isn't going to kill you, poison in moderation will still kill you. And there are some of that media that's out there, movies, music, podcasts, all of that stuff. Some of it's just straight poison. And you need to use discernment. The Holy Spirit will give that to you. And you'll be able to tell what's ruling your life by the fruit that you produce. A spiritual diet should produce spiritual fruit. If you look at your life and you, and you compare it to the fruit of the Spirit, do you see gentleness in your life? Do you see patience with others in your life? Do you see kindness in your life? Do you see love in your life? Do you see faithfulness in your life? It, do you see the fruit of the Spirit coming up and growing out of your life? If you don't, then you're probably being led by your flesh. If you look at the acts of the flesh and you say, actually, that looks like my Saturday night, then, then you're being led by your flesh. You have to produce fruit. In your life, there should be gentleness where there used to be aggression. In your life, there should be self-control where there used to be overconsumption. In your life, there should be love where there used to be hate, and there should be peace where there used to be worry. If there's not, I would just ask you the question, what are you consuming? Because what you consume, you will become. Next thing, we have to stop relying on our own strength. I think when I think about the biggest thing that creates, creates a separation between us and the spirit of God, it's us relying on our own strength. I think about King Saul. You know, a lot of times we have in our head that King Saul, you know, God didn't pick King Saul. He picked King David. The people picked King Saul. And that's why he was a bad king. That's just not true. That's not what the Bible says. King Saul was anointed in the same exact way that David was anointed. The same oil that they poured over David's head that the Bible says he was saturated in oil. They did the same thing to Saul. And that's important because that oil represents the empowerment of the spirit of God. See, before they had kings, Israel would never, uh, they, they never poured oil over one of their leaders' heads. They only did that to priests. 
And so here they finally have a king and they're pouring oil. They're anointing their king with oil. And they're saying that because they're saying, God is saying that my king's not going to be like the rest of the world. A king of my, uh, of my nation is going to be led by the power of my spirit, by the wisdom of my spirit. This is God declaring that. And so they pour the oil over King Saul's head and he is empowered with the spirit of God. King Saul had just as much access to wisdom, just as much access to power, just as much access to knowledge and understanding as King David did. But David chose to lean on the wisdom and the strength of God's spirit. And Saul chose to lean on his own understanding. And time after time after time, we, would re we read the stories in 1 Samuel of King Saul doing what he thought was best. And eventually got to a place where God took the anointing off of Saul and he placed it on David. If we lean too much into our own understanding, if we lean too much into our own power when it comes to overcoming a situation in front of us, God will remove his anointing off of us. He will cause a separation. There will be a separation, or rather I should rephrase that because he's not causing it, we're causing it. We will cause there to be a separation between us and his spirit. If we want to keep in step with the Spirit like Paul is telling us that we need to, we need to stop relying on our own strength and we need to rely on his wisdom, his strength, his understandings in order to get through the struggles of our life. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. I love the story behind this. Just before it says not by power, it says who it's talking to in this verse. It says that, that this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And who Zerubbabel was, was he was someone who was rebuilding the altar uh, in, in altar of God after the exile. He had come back and he's built, his goal that he has set out was, I'm going to rebuild the altar so that we can worship God in, in Jerusalem again. That was his goal, but he suddenly was being met by all of this, all of these trials and all of this, this, this stuff that was coming at him. He had people, members of, of different tribes of Judah who didn't want him to rebuild that altar. And so they're rising up against him. They actually went to a, the foreign king who had allowed Zerubbabel to go, back, to, to go back and to rebuild the altar. And they complained about him to the king. And then the king sent a letter to him saying, you can't build the altar anymore. And so he's at his wit's end. How am I going to stand against the power of a king of the greatest nation that is on earth, a nation who came in and has completely disrupted all of Israel. How am I going to stand against that? I can only imagine like the worry that he was going through. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do, but how am I going to do it? And at just at that point, he receives this word of the Lord from this prophet that says, that says, Zerubbabel, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my spirit. You can't do it in your power. You can't do it in your might. You can't do it with your own understanding. You can't do it with your wisdom, church. It's not good enough, but his spirit is. And in our weakness, he is strength. So we need to rely on his spirit. And if we do that, if we rely on his spirit, then we will keep in step with his spirit and he will lead us into the freedom that God has promised us. Come on. Last thing is that we need to stay fervent. Fervent is a word that means uh, uh, having impassionate intensity. And we need to have this passionate intensity about keeping in step with, with the Lord every single day. I read verses about Paul saying that he has to beat his body into daily submission. 
And Paul wasn't like, a, he was, didn't struggle with like self-harm or anything like that. I feel like I feel a need to say that. He wasn't talking about physically beating his body. He's saying that every morning when he wakes up, he has to say to his flesh, you are not control, the spirit is in control. There's this thing that happens, I don't want to get too much into this, but there's this thing that happens when we get saved where our spirit is regenerated, but the, our, but the rest of our body, our, our, our mind and our, 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 our body are not regenerated. And so they're at, at war with each other. And so every day they're fighting. And, and Paul talks about that battle here in Galatians. He says, there's a battle waging within us every single day. In one corner, ding, 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 it is our flesh. And in the other corner, it is, our, or it is his spirit. And they're at battle. And, the, per, and, and the, the corner that will win is the corner that we back. So if we support our flesh, our flesh will win. If we support his spirit, our spirit will win. And when we support his spirit, there is nothing that our flesh can do to take back over. But we have to lean into his spirit. We have to trust in his spirit. And we have to do that every day. We need to remind ourselves every day that this is a daily thing. Jesus told us it was a daily thing in Luke 9, 23. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Every day when we wake up, we're laying down who we are. We're laying down our desires and our wants and our needs and everything that we want. We lay it down at the feet of Jesus and we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. Amen. Galatians 5, 24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we belong to Jesus, then every day we have to remind ourselves, we have to wake up and say, my flesh isn't in control, my, but his spirit is. We need to follow that and keep in step with the spirit. And if we keep in step with the spirit, if we remain in his presence, then we will remain in his freedom. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that we've been set free. God wants you to experience that freedom. We have an ultimate reward that's coming, like, you know, when we die on this, uh, on this earth and we go to heaven, we have an ultimate reward that's coming. But between here and there, we need something to sustain us. His spirit can sustain us. His freedom can sustain us while we are here. It's like a, a glimpse at our heavenly inheritance. God wants you to walk in freedom of sin. He wants you to walk in freedom of shame, in freedom of worry, in freedom from you know, fighting with everyone around you and, and, and freedom from dysfunction in your life. He desires that for you. And we can have that freedom if we let him set the pace of our life, if we let him nourish our soul, if we change up our diet, if we let his power be the fighting force in our battles, and if we put to death our flesh every day so that he can remain in control, if we can do that, then we can keep in step with his spirit. And if we can keep in step with the spirit, then he will lead us to freedom. And not only will he lead us to freedom, but eventually he will lead us into a place where we can never be removed from his presence. 
he will lead us to a place where his presence is so bright that the the sun is no longer needed, a place where he will wipe away every tear from every eye. He will lead us into an eternal, uh, uh, lead us into into eternity in the presence of our Father. Man, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that. For the struggle to be over. For the moment where my nature no longer is to go to, to not do what God wants me to do. When we have been remade and we can stand in the presence of the Lord and just bask in the light that he gives off. The warmth of the presence of God sounds pretty good in the middle of a Montana winter. In a moment, we're gonna worship a little more and we're gonna have the uh, altars open. The prayer team's gonna be up here. Um, And I wanna invite you to come up. This whole message is about remaining in his presence. But like I was saying, that it starts with an encounter. It starts with an encounter and out there there's distractions. The moment that you leave this place, your mind's gonna be on lunch. When you get home, your mind's gonna be on, you know, stopping your kids from destroying your house. There's distractions, distractions outside these walls. That's why the church is so important. We exist to create space for you to encounter the presence of God. And so we're gonna do that. We're gonna worship. And I wanna encourage you, these altars are open. Come forward, get prayer, have an encounter with God. But then my challenge to you is that when you leave, can you remain in his presence when you walk out these doors? Amen? Amen, let's pray. Worship team, you can come forward. Father, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you for for all that you've done. Father, you are a good God. I thank you, Lord, for the mercy that you show us, Lord God. When you show up in a room like this, Lord, we don't deserve it. We don't, we don't deserve you to come and meet us here as we worship. You don't deserve us, you deserve, uh, we don't deserve, Lord God, for you to come and, and just bless us with your presence, Lord, but you do. You give us that merciful gift of your presence, Lord, and we have that encounter with you. Lord, I pray that we would encounter you today, Lord God. I know that you're here. I know that you're already moving in, in, in ways that are uh, both seen and unseen, Lord God. I know that you, you want to do something, start something, in our life. And I pray, Lord, that as we worship you, as we call on your name, as as we turn our hearts towards you today, I pray, Lord God, that we would have that encounter. Grab hold of our heart, Lord. Turn the heart of stone into a heart of flesh, Lord God, that we, we would grab hold of our heart, Lord Jesus. But I also pray, Lord God, that when we get up from this place, Jesus, Jesus. Lord God, I pray that we would uh, take your freedom, take your presence with us. I thank you, Lord God, that it's not something that needs to stay in a box. It's not something that, that just stays in our prayer closet, Lord, but you say your presence goes with us. It goes before us and behind us, Lord. It goes with us everywhere we need it. We, we need, Lord God. So I pray that we wouldn't leave your presence at the altar, but we'd take it with us, Lord God, that we would not only live a life that is led by the Spirit, but we would keep in step with his Spirit, God. Lord, we want to keep in step with your spirit. 
We wanna go where you go. We wanna move when you move. We wanna speak when you speak, God. We wanna live our life, Lord God, following every zig and zag you take, Lord, even if it doesn't make sense to us, even if we feel like we're lost, Lord, we're gonna trust even when we can't see, Lord, because you said it is better, Lord, to have faith when we can't see than to have faith when we can see, Lord God. So we put our faith and our trust in you today. Holy Spirit, meet us in this room. Even as I'm talking, Lord, I pray that your spirit would fall on the hearts of this church, Lord God, that you'd come and you'd move in a mighty way, Lord God. Come and move amongst your people, Lord Jesus. And let us take the power of your presence with us as we leave leave this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Let's worship. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.